You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my first guest is a pharmacist. Her name is Jenny Bayless. Good morning to you, Jenny. Hi, good morning. So, Jenny, for, for, for the uninitiated, what does a pharmacist do? I and mean, I think I know the answer to that, but uh, you, you tell us all. That's a good question. Um, it can be quite a varied career, actually. So I think probably what most people picture when you hear the word pharmacist is a community pharmacist, so someone working in one of the high street shop stores. Um, and that's the most, most pharmacists, maybe 80% work in that field. Um, quite a few actually work in hospitals. Um, so helping with supply and understanding of medicines in hospitals, some work in industry, and now um, my current role and an increasing number of uh, pharmacists work in primary care, so sort of supporting GPs in their practice um, and supporting care homes, things like that. And so, I, yeah, it's quite a varied career, so being sort of experts in medicine. So, so of all the things that, that you could have done as, as a career, what was it that attracted you to, be, to becoming a pharmacist? Um. Yeah, I think because I enjoy science and I love finding out and understanding about the human body, and um, pharmacy kind of covers that, but it's also very person-focused, so it's sort of the application of the science to really helping people in their day-to-day lives in understanding their medicines, taking them correctly, getting the best that they can from those medicines, so it ticked all the boxes for me. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk a wee bit, uh, and you know, about your life as a as a pharmacist and the different jobs you've done. But more particularly, of course, about an amazing experience that that you had on the Mercy ships when you took some time out. But let's go back even further than that to to the road to becoming a, a Christian. How, how was it for you? I, I think you were brought up in in, in, a, in a Christian home, but uh, you, anyway, you can tell us. Yeah, no, I was. I was brought up with uh, yeah, a loving Christian home and take along to church every day and uh, every Sunday and sort of thought, well, you know, that's it, I, I'm a Christian, that's what it means. But then when I was t- about 12 years old, I went off to a Christian camp in Devon and it was there that they spoke more about who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And so I kind of think of that point as being when the knowledge from my head sort of dropped into my heart, a real sort of understanding of who Jesus is and a desire to follow him every day, not just on Sundays. Um, so, yeah, and with that came a sort of a peace and a joy and lots of questions as well, and obviously it's a it's so, but that was where I sort of really understood more of who Jesus is and, and wanted to follow him and help have him sort of directing my life. And of course, I mean, that's, yeah. that's common, isn't it, so many people, because we can be often exposed, whether it's been in our families or whatever, just simply by going to church and uh, have all the head knowledge, if you like, but, but when it sort of go, sort of the penny drops and the light's switched on, it makes all the difference. Having, having had that experience then, what, what was then life like for you, you know, through, your, through your teen years? Yeah, um, as I said, I still had questions, so I was sort of going to youth groups, asking questions, trying to understand more um, and to learn sort of more about the Christian faith and what that involves as um, going through. And then I think probably the next next significant stage of going off to university and obviously sort of the, the rubber hits the road in terms of you have to make real life decisions and life choices at university, suddenly you've got all these options ahead of you. Um, and so there I, I got involved in the Christian Union um, and made some really wonderful Christian friends and again just learnt loads more and really decided that that was to follow Jesus is, is the plan for the rest of my life um, 
yeah. as I said, not just on Sundays, but sort of as a director for everything. And I suppose that also that the, the importance of being able to share our lives, you know, and to grow together, the highs and the lows, is really quite critical, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, I guess you're like me, when you look back, you know, on your, on your life thus far, it, you, you realise how much the relationships that you've had with different people play such a key part? Yeah, definitely, and key people within my faith walk as well. I think having um, come to faith more as a teenager or as a a young person, just to really acknowledge the the role of youth workers and um, those running those summer camps, how grateful I am for that, as well as parents and and friends and family having input into my life. So, yeah, just not to underestimate how much children and young people are really taking on board um, the, the question about the big, the big stuff in life and I think that's really important now You mentioned there of course the, 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 the Christian Union at university and so on and, and were you also attached to, to, to a church fellowship during that time? I was, yeah definitely I learnt loads in those, in those few years and understood a lot more and it was a really special really wonderful time of, of growth and understanding and yeah I definitely massively benefited from that, that time Mm. I mean, did you have it? Because I mean, obviously, in that sort of growing process, sometimes we can hit a bump in the road. Were you were you fortunate in so much that you didn't have too many bumps, or did did you have some bumps and then you were able to to get over them? Okay. Um, <laughs> I joke with that with my husband that I, I became a Christian and then became a drug dealer in terms of <laughs> of uh, <laughs> doing my pharmacy career. But yeah, no, I didn't have any um, major major sort of going off the rails as people might see it. Um, I, I think we all have times of feeling more close to God and that relationship being more alive and more more sort of vital to us day by day and times when it does feel a bit more like being out in the wilderness, a bit more sort of desert time. And so, yeah, there definitely were ups and downs. Um, I think it's very easy to get distracted, especially with work and so many things that just fill life and it can easily be quite busy. Um, so I've definitely had sort of times where it's been more um, more on fire or less on fire. But yeah, I think God has been so faithful through all of that. Mm. Well, um, let's have your really wonderful. Let's have your first song because I know that today you're worshiping over in in Merley at the Lantern. Is that right? And um, that's right. Yeah. And you've you've you've, you've chosen a, a song, uh, and I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, perfect. So my first song is written by two really talented worship leaders from my church in Merley, uh, Jamie Pritchard and Hannah Rice, and it's called You Are Near, and it's all about the fact that as Christians we have a relationship with a God who's made us and made himself close to us. Um, so it talks about how we have the privilege of enjoying God's presence, whatever's happening in our lives, and that gives us a really unshakable hope. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's a new song from them. I fix my eyes on you. 
That's a lovely worship track there from uh, Jamie Pritchard and Hannah Rice here, two of the worship leaders over at uh, the Lantern in, in Merley in the track uh, called You Are Near. Of course, Jamie has been a guest uh, on my show. I'm just reminded of the fact I probably need to get him back and get Hannah along as well. But of course, that's where you that's where you worship uh, each each week, uh, Jenny. And I guess that, that, that worship uh, is an important part of, of your life these days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a really lovely church to be a part of, and we have wonderful times of sung worship at, at the Lantern. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, let's go back to your history. So there you were at university, obviously d- developing, you know, friendships and in your faith, and I guess learning how to be a pharmacist. A pharmacist. How, how long was the course, uh, uh, Jenny? Was it three years, four years longer? It's a four-year course at university, and then you have to do a one-year on-the-job training at the end and a big exam after, so kind of five years in total to then qualify. <laughs> so um, and then after that, you can kind of do beyond, do further studies afterwards. So were you, did you cope with that? I suppose with you having a scientific sort of leaning, it would have been, you know, it would have been you know, really good for you, but uh, uh, I'm afraid I'm, I'm more on the art side, you know, rather than the science side. But, Fair enough. <laughs> but, but clearly you, you enjoyed that Yeah, experience. most of it was fascinating. There were... <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. There was there were bits I didn't enjoy so much. Well, <laughs> well I was really I was talking about trauma <laughs> earlier on. I suppose when you when you have to do these tough exams and so on, um, yeah, yeah, I guess that that can be a wee bit stressful <laughs> to say the least. So you you yeah. <laughs> so you finished your course. Where I didn't ask you actually where you did your training. I studied at Bath, um, and then I decided to come back to Dorset, back nearer to family and friends here. Mm-hmm. And so then I got a job at Bournemouth Hospital. Um, as a pharmacist there for my training year, and then stayed on there. Mm. So that was your, that was your sort of your tra- when. What did your training year entail? Were you alongside uh, working with a pharmacist team? Yes, you do lots of shadowing. Um, so basically, applying what you've learned at university to the job in hand. Um, so a really formational year, and I had lots of really good support at Bournemouth Hospital with that actually. Um, so it's it quite a scary year to suddenly take on all the responsibility of checking patients' medicine and checking that they're suitable for the patient and it's the right drug for the right patient at the right time um, as well as sort of learning all the, the practical skills of communicating clearly with the patients, with the doctors and the nurses. Um, so yeah, it was, a really, it was a really good year, but it was quite tough. Of course, having watched all those, my, my total medical experience, Jenny, is watching like uh, Casualty and, and Hobby City and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing and you think, my goodness, but actually when you're dealing with real people and real medicines, it's a huge responsibility and, uh, and I guess, is there, is there a check and balance in terms of when you're dishing out uh, drugs and so on? Yes, definitely lots of checks and balances. Um, so generally it's a, a doctor will write a prescription and then the pharmacist role is then to check it and then you often then you'd have a second check that the actual items in the box are what they're meant to be. And um, So there's sort of different steps along the way. Um, I guess it has become a little bit different now because there's pharmacists that will prescribe. So I, I did a prescribing qualification. So then if I was to prescribe the medicine, a different pharmacist would then have to check it. So that it's not it's not the same pair of eyes looking at it twice, if you see what I mean. And of course, I suppose that the role of a pharmacist has changed as well uh, these days, because now you can even go along to uh, to local chemists. I mean, I know you you spent most of your time working, you know, uh, within hospital environment and so on. But but mm-hmm. of course, the pharmacists uh, can do much much more now in the community. And of course, that's been very evident through all these COVID challenges, hasn't it? Yeah, massively so in terms of. 
uh, dealing with the vaccinations, but also supporting with lifestyle advice, smoking cessation. There's all kinds of uh, very clinical roles which the community pharmacists now now play, which is great. I think I think it's really making better use of our skills. Um, yeah, definitely. Anyway, you uh, uh, were carrying on there, enjoying your job, learning your craft, uh, as it were. And then the opportunity came for you to, to take a break, or the name for it, of course, is a, is a sabbatical. And I think the period was a six-month sabbatical. Uh, and, and for you, the, that opportunity was with Mercy Ships. So for people who are completely uninitiated, Jenny, what are, what are Mercy Ships? So Mercy Ships um, is a faith-based international development organisation. It sends out floating hospitals, so hospital ships, to some of the poorest countries in the world and it delivers uh, free health care to people that are generally in desperate need um, so it's been around for about 40 years as a, as a charity, charity organisation and its sort of tagline is bringing hope and healing to the forgotten poor um, so yeah I think it's, it's got a real, a real heart to care for people um, I think a large proportion of the world's population we don't really realise but 5 billion people in the world have no access to safe and affordable surgery um, and things as simple as um, having maybe cataracts dealt with or dental work, um, babies with cleft lips and palates or ladies that have had birth injury after, after having children, um, burn patients, that sort of surgery, which in this country you would have immediately as soon as, as, soon as it was recognised as necessary, uh, would be sorted out and that would be done. Actually, in many parts of the world, that's just not available in a safe and affordable way. Um, so having hospital ships... Um, to offer that to some of the some of the nations where there is the least developed healthcare system. Were you prepared for uh, you know for actually going on the, uh, the ships and also going into completely different uh, different cultures and so on? How did you prepare for for going there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I have I had travelled to East Africa before on a, a couple of short term trips. And so I was really excited, actually, to go to go back to East Africa and to experience the cross-cultural um, side of things. I just find it fascinating meeting people from all around the world. Um, and part of with Mercy Ships, because um, a lot of the volunteers do come from America or, or Holland, uh, the UK, New Zealand. Um, there's a real mix of people. So you've got kind of familiarity in some ways and living on quite a Western-style um, ship, but also the, the contrast with the local culture. Um, and it's really wonderful because they, uh, Mercy Ships, employ local people to work as translators or other, other, doing other jobs on the ship. So you've got a real wonderful mix of cultures. Um, and, yeah, I guess I prepared for that as best I could, sort of thinking ahead what it would be like. Uh, they do give you some training and sort of cross-cultural understanding. Um, and then just talking to crew members that have been on there for much longer. I was just on, on board for three months, but some, I think some of the longest serving there have been on for sort of 30 years um, working on the ships. So you really just learn from their experience and their wisdom as well as you go along. And, of course, as you rightly said, that, that, that I mean, quite a lot of other folk were, like yourself, giving up uh, you know, a, a, a chunk of your time uh, a, and, and so on. Of all the things that you, that you experienced, you know, during, because you, you actually were on the, on the ship and as a volunteer for three months, weren't you? And uh, what, what, were the, what were the highlights of those three months for you? Um, I think as well as the, the team, the volunteers, and meeting such fascinating people, um, the feeling that you're really making a difference 
people's lives was a real highlight. Um, the, at the very beginning, I, I sailed around with the ship. I met the ship in South Africa, and we sailed around to where it was going to be then based for the rest of its, its year. It goes for a year to each country that it serves. And so it was, it was going to be in Madagascar for the time that I was, I was on board. So we sailed around. We had 10 days sailing on the Indian Ocean. Um, we were counting tablets into little, little bags to give out to patients when we got there, and at the same time watching whales swimming past <laughs> by the side of the ship and uh, we did uh, worship on the bow so we, we used to go out everyone would go and gather on the front of the ship on the bow and and again you'd watch the whales and you'd be singing worship songs it was, it was just really glorious real experience so obviously a wee bit a wee bit of lightness there in terms of being able to have a, almost a sort of holiday although I, I'm sure it wasn't a holiday for you, but uh, but um, but what about the impact of seeing the suffering? I mean, you you said I think mean, so oftentimes we take for granted the wonderful NHS in our own country, and although you know it, it, certainly the NHS in the past year has been brought into sharp focus because of the wonderful work that they have responded in in terms of dealing with COVID nineteen, but of course in other countries the the culture is such they don't have these things, and it must be quite heartbreaking to see this firsthand. How did it impact you seeing the suffering of people in, in other nations? Yeah, massively. It's, it is just so hard to see, especially when it's types of surgery which would be so simple and in this country or would, would just be dealt with so quickly and yet you see the, the massive consequences in people's lives. I think probably where it hit me most was um, with the ladies who'd had uh, injuries during birth um, when giving birth to their children and actually they were often ostracized from society um, because because it affected um, it affected them so badly that they were often sort of turned away by their husbands and maybe left um, sort of as outcasts and really looked down upon and, and that was just so utterly sad and you, you just, your heart really went out to them. So the side of that was you really see saw the wonderful change when they were able to have this free surgery and they had to be so brave to come onto this completely different um western style style ship they had to have the courage to trust these trust people to do the surgery um, but then if they were able to be to be cured um, they would then go back into society with a real new hope and a new a new life ahead of them um, similarly with some of the, the children for example with the cleft lips uh, or cleft palates uh, this fairly simple surgery could then be done, and they could go back and and start thriving. Um, so it was it was really heartbreaking to see how um, how people were so affected before, but also then really exciting and encouraging to see how this could be improved. Um, and one of the things which Mercy Ships, I think, I particularly admire about them is that they, as well as offering surgery on the ship, they also support the local um, infrastructure, the health infrastructure, with with training and mentoring for local medical professionals and trying to leave behind a legacy of improved surgery so that people with similar conditions once the ship is gone will have a better chance of then of having that kind of surgery safe surgery um, in the years afterwards as well um, yeah so so in a very real sense one pe- once people had got over the sort of trust issues and get on got onto the ship and and sought help and so on. They must have regarded those the work that was being done by the team on the Mercy ships as being a real lifeline and a, and a, a, a total blessing to them. And I guess that these folk were, of course, being from different cultures, wouldn't they? Not necessarily uh, Christian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mercy ships is not just serving people who are Christians; it serves uh, people with any faith or faith or none. And um, 
and it's done with Christian love and um, there are times of worship on board in the, in the wards there are, you know there is Christian influence um, but absolutely it's um, surgery is offered to anyone who is in need um, and a, ter- a team goes in advance to the country that is going to be visited next in the next field service as they call it and um, puts out adverts on radio or um, by posters or word of mouth they say that the hospital ship is coming and people that might have appropriate kind of conditions to be treated will then come forward and um, say so that the news travels and um, and there's often on, on the sort of screening days where they have um, they have massive lines of you know thousands of people who come looking for that hope and healing um, so yeah there's um definite excitement <laughs> in the nation mm. that are going to be served. This is Hope FM. Well, my very special guest uh, in, in this hour of the programme has been Jenny Bayless. Jenny is, is, is a pharmac- pharmacist and she began to tell us something uh, about her work on, on mercy ships. And Jenny, of course, the, the whole experience had a, had a profound effect on you even now as you look back you know on those those well six months but three months actually on the ship i mean how, how has it really impacted your life going forward now it's a great question i think experiencing uh, that sort of uh, seeing what i saw and meeting people in in real extreme poverty many many of the the patients that we were caring for just uh, reminds us just to be so grateful for what we do have in this country, for how amazing the NHS is and how, how blessed we are to be able to just go if we have a health concern and have it sorted. And so I think that and also um, just an encouragement to, to live more sensitively and maybe more simply, that actually having a, a massive house and lots of stuff, accumulating stuff, is, is really it loses importance when you, when you kind of compare it with the challenges that people face day to day. Um, so just yeah, an encouragement to us to, to live generously and to live more simply. Um, I think it's probably the lasting impact it's it's had on had on me. And I suppose taking the opportunity whilst you can, because today, of course, that you're a young mom uh, with uh, parenting responsibilities as well, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and married and so forth. Uh, but uh, so I guess that this the the word is do it while you can. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it was such a, an opportunity, and actually. That, that phase of life was um, really special and I definitely encourage anyone that you know had that opportunity or maybe someone a bit older retirement sort of age but wanted to go and serve abroad and to definitely consider mercy ships or, or something similar just to really give back something um, I would definitely recommend that and it wouldn't be wasted in any way. So what sort of people are mercy ships looking for? I mean you mentioned even people in retirement there but I mean, what, what's the sort of criteria for being you know for giving up you know a slice of time? Yeah, there's really massively varied roles available on the ship and actually they are building a a purpose-built hospital ship at the moment. So there's going to be two ships um, working, so they're going to need even more more staff. Um, So as well as the healthcare staff, the surgeons, anaesthetists, nurses and so on, they're always looking for maritime crews, so captain, the engineers, um, people like that. But also um, other vital crews, so electricians, plumbers, chefs, crew like in the galley making food for everyone and they have a security team there's, there's chaplains on board and there's so many different roles and actually really um any able-bodied person who who is willing to to give us some time and to to share um would actually yeah would be of, of great benefit and um, so definitely worth checking out on the website they have certain you know higher needs for certain people at certain times um, some some people go for sort of two weeks as a nurse. Some people go for like three months, as I did, and then sort of longer service 
of about two years for some of the the other roles sort of the captain might might need to sign up for for two years (laughs) so it's a real variety and i suppose as you quite rightly say they can check out all the information about this on the mercy ships website do they just google in mercy ships would that get get them through yeah well mercy ships uk will will have all the sort of local information and and people to contact if anyone would want to find out more Mm -hmm. financially it's uh, it's expensive to run a ship so it's for donations as well and it's not not just of course running the ship it's delivering the medical um services which of mm. course are not cheap either are they the drugs no, and so they give really high high quality high standard of, of medication and care um, so, mm. yeah. so here you are back in the in the uk back back in hospital is it jenny i've actually moved a little bit in the last couple of years i now work with care homes as a care home pharmacist so more primary care based um, yeah so I came back and met my lovely husband and got married and moved house. Oh, so lo- we have a, a lo- little boy, yeah. How old is he? He's five months old. Oh, so you do have you have your hands full then, yeah. I think I think the last time we spoke on the phone I could hear him chirping in the background, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so so are you able to are you able to work full time you know, and still look after him or uh, um or is it are you do- doing part time work? I'm on maternity leave at the moment mm-hmm. and then when I go back I'll probably be part time. Mm-hmm. And I can, yeah, spend some quality time with him and and maintain my skills as well. Now, obviously, yeah. uh, I I can't let you go without talking to you about the dreaded, you know what, the uh, COVID and the uh, mm. Im- impact of that. I guess that you must have seen, uh, even if it's over Zoom, but the impact on on your colleagues, you know, working in healthcare of at different levels, and of course in the care homes where we've seen so many people sadly lose their lives. Well, from your perspective, uh, Jenny, w- what's it been like? Yeah, it's been tough, hasn't it, for for everybody, especially my colleagues in in the hospital where I used to work and in primary care. They've just been working so hard for so long. I think that sort of low level, constant stress is is difficult. Um, they've worked amazingly well, as we've seen with the the vaccine rollout. Sort of the NHS has really um, done amazingly well, and it's down to you know, thanks to real hard work from lots of individuals putting that all together. Um, so yeah definitely very difficult and in the care homes again the, the staff that I've worked with in the local care homes here they just have real caring hearts they're going above and beyond to try and protect their their residents and I just have real ad- admiration admiration for them especially in the difficult times they've had recently for more inspirational interviews podcasts and hope fm best bits visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again